Welcome to a quick mini-sode. Mini-sode. River Heights Radio mini-sode. River Heights Radio mini-sode entitled They Did You Wrong. Bow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo. Yippee, yay. Oh my god. Togo. They did you wrong. Just like that intro just did him wrong. <laughs> that was the perfect intro for a dog. Today oh. we'll be talking about Nancy Drew's Bull Terrier, Togo. Specifically, we'll be talking about his introduction, which was originally in the 1940 version of the Whispering Statue. When you listen to our podcast on the updated Whispering Statue, we mentioned that Togo the dog had been kept in the basement for 15 books or so. Yes. But we learned a lot more about him when we read the original printing of the Whispering Statue. Basically, Togo is made out to be a rather mischievous scamp. Kind of a naughty dog. Honestly, after our research, we feel he was wronged by the people who raised him as a puppy. Yeah. Let him run away. Oh, yeah. The way Nancy treats him when she meets him. Oh, yeah. And the way Nancy treats him once she decides he's her pet. And of course, the biggest injustice to Togo is all of his heroics were removed and from never the mentioned he was delegated to a few paragraphs whereas he was the star figure in the first 50 pages of the original novel truly a rich and complex character yes yeah so today we're going to be talking about what is a bull terrier how he might have been taken care of and the public perception towards dogs uh, in the 1930s so carl do you know what a bull terrier is right so this is the target dog right Yes, famously uh, the target dog. Big old snoot. Yep. And kind of a terrier body. I personally think they're a very cute bull terriers, like the target dog. And honestly, to me, it's a pretty funny looking breed because its head is supposed to be egg-shaped, flat on top. So top-heavy. Their eyes are supposed to be small and close together. <laughs> they're going to fall so, over on their little faces. It does seem that way. Nancy mentions that Togo, who she names after a famous dog sledding dog named after a Japanese ex she decides he has a well-shaped head that's a good egg also that he looks like a valuable dog well obviously if George is an authority. George clarifies that he's a thoroughbred. Not only did we look into a modern source, hillspet.com, to learn about this breed, but we also watched an educational 1930s film about terriers, which was most enjoyable. You can find it on YouTube for free. Someone with a mid-Atlantic accent told us about dogs. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And they yeah. go through all the terriers. There's a very brief section on bull terriers. And we got to see a little bit of a Boston terrier, which is what we have at at home. Yes. Delightful. The perfect house dog. <laughs> I think Boston Terriers would be a better fit for, for Nancy, Nancy Drew. Throughout the course of the book series, apparently Togo becomes different types of Terriers in the updated versions. Togo is a very fluid dog coming <laughs> up. But we're, you know, we're sticking to his Bull Terrier roots. Because that's what he was when he was first introduced in 1940. So uh, the video from the 1930s told us that a, a Bull Terrier is a real man's dog. <laughs> and we decided that that means he was Nancy's default male escort for this entire novel. Protecting her when he had to, making sure she stayed out of trouble. But like any man, getting into a little trouble himself. Oh, one of the top qualities of this canine is... Loyalty, right? 
Yes, great loyalty, as the video told us. It said that the Terriers, in general, very loyal dog, but of the Bull Terrier said, uh, fine companion, right? We see this right away when Togo absolutely latches onto Nancy and never lets go. But this feeds into the they did you wrong, because mm-hmm. Nancy and the girls aren't about this dog. <laughs> they tell it to leave. They, they George tries to be firm with it, telling Nancy that she just sounds like she doesn't mean it. Bess and George tease Nancy profusely about how they're glad that this dog has decided it's hers and adopted her, as they call it, uh, instead of them. And you'd have to have a good amount of loyalty <laughs> to keep befriending these girls as they uh, as they insist that you're not their responsibility and it's not their fault that you're in the park. Yeah, I mean, Nancy spends a lot to- of time pretending she doesn't care about this dog, and then then when a little girl decides this is her dog and wants it back, that's when she finally realizes she cares about this dog. Now, we've talked about <laughs> Nancy before with the, the items she gets <laughs> from others. Yes. They always start as something that she would return mm-hmm. until someone wants it returned. Whether it's the ivory charm or a brass-bound trunk. Like those, this dog is now hers. But the dog doesn't recognize the girl, and she's from a different town. Now, interestingly, in what we learned about Bull Terrier behavior, perhaps a little girl isn't even the right home for this dog. Probably not. And certainly not that awful little girl. But the point is, Nancy admits to herself she likes this dog, but still, when the others tease her about it, she She's like, I, I just want him to have a good owner. And if that's me for now, that's great. You like, know? it's embarrassing to love a dog. Yes. Though, of course, on the last page, George teases her about the mystery of Togo's ownership. And she finally says, he isn't worrying about it. So neither shall I. From now on, Togo belongs to me. He's a loyal dog. So I think the search has been discontinued though the little girl says she had a bull terrier typically they say not a dog for families because it can be kind of aggressive it does make a really good friend and a really good companion and that plays into the loyalty Mm -hmm. one of the paradoxes of this dog is it can be very gentle and affectionate but like it talks about him leaping at people in a friendly manner though and the thing is it's like solid muscle it's a very strong dog the 1930s 30s video said you have no need for burglar insurance yes <laughs> with this dog so a good guard dog certainly He's, that's what they are is their dog their guard dogs and they are a little less aggressive than their ancestors even the video points that out and mm-hmm. i also read that in the modern source as the video said that's probably for the best since they're town dwellers now it's a dog that can do some real damage as joe mitza finds out in the book togo does things that he thinks are playful that are not always perceived that way. He spills Carson Drew's papers everywhere. He digs up a whole bed of flowers, which is not typical bull terrier behavior. Now that's interesting. And they did you wrong. We often talk about how the book portrays people in the way they might not actually behave. And bull terriers aren't diggers. A bull terrier might knock over some papers. And Hannah sarcastically says, oh, just a nice little dog when he does that. (laughs) And Nancy defends him. Togo is a bit impulsive which is the least of it he's not just impulsive he 
is playful. Which is typical of the Bull Terrier. And some of the trouble he gets into is because of his playfulness. Even though they call him mischievous, it's he's not really being mischievous. He thinks he's playing a game. Yeah, the modern source we have says that Bull Terriers love rough play. Yeah, that's actually the 1930s video that said that. It can be strong and aggressive is what the modern source says. And playful. Well, they love a rough game. And that's pretty much what he's going for when he steals the purse from Mrs. Owens. And George does the worst possible thing, makes it fun to run away from her and into a pond where he drops the purse. But that's all good in the end. He also gets into trouble with Joe Mitza, the villain, because originally he's just playing with him. Mm -hmm. He's just like, oh, let's play a game, Joe Mitza. And Joe does not take it that way. No, Joe mistreats this puppy entirely. Yeah, but from the beginning, it's a dog that's not on a leash, that is a strong, aggressive breed. If you have some kind of history with dogs, if you don't know this dog, and he's all of a sudden kind of pouncing at you, even in a playful way, Mm -hmm. first of all, it would be hard to discern, oh, that's playful. And second of all, I don't think he can be responsible for not being afraid. Very interesting. You know, so that causes a lot of trouble. By then, of course, I think Nancy's to blame, but we'll get to that. So the 1930s video warns us that a bull terrier might not be for all homes. And he says, don't try to fit square pegs into round holes. Right. The modern source says bull terriers are not for all homes or families. And this is because they can have that kind of like playful, aggressive side. I wonder if Nancy Drew is the round hole to Pogo's square peg. I really think so because she is a very busy detective slash socialite. And I just don't think she really has the time to properly train Togo, who, by the way, really with bull terriers, they need to be trained as puppies. Updated version of this book, the amount of time spent with Togo is ridiculously small. Right. Clearly not enough for any dog. Togo gets one paragraph of human contact out of 15 books. So I wanted to read you guys real quick that quote. She called her little terrier Togo from his special place in the basement. (laughs) He was an affectionate animal, and the Drews had made it a rule that when Whenever they had guests, he would have to stay downstairs. So they are acknowledging he's affectionate. They're saying that almost as a bad thing. The etiquette of the time is like, don't let him lick the neighbors. In a way, that's not so bad if it was just for when guests were over. But we literally never see him otherwise. And they literally just launch into this as the introduction to this new character, basically. Well, even the 1930s video Mm -hmm. says, To a dog, human contact is all of its life. To a dog, human companion companionship is a dog's life don't leave him alone for long hours whether it's in the new version putting him in the basement for our entire experience or even in the old one he pretty much gets relegated to like the hotel kitchen it's not clear how they take care of him at the hotel they take him for like maybe two walks the whole book to be clear this breed should get about 40 minutes of exercise minimum a day Uh so they're not cutting it with the walk uh, routine for this dog. Yeah. Unless the hotel is somehow, for some reason, doing that for them. The terrier seemed perfectly content in his new quarters and was munching upon a juicy bone the hotel cook had given him. If our narrator is to be believed, the dog is happy in the hotel and being fed juicy bones. And feeding table scraps would have been the primary way dogs 
got food at the time. I got a lot of my information from a book called Pets in America, A History by Catherine C. Greyer. That's where a lot of this history information is coming from. Right, this was perhaps at a time when dog food was just at its advent, right? Dog food brands started in America in the 1860s. They weren't super popular. Mm. They met with moderate success. In the 1900s, women began to be targeted with nutritional information. As we, yes, as we see often between Bess and George, this was very important. And that got extrapolated to pet nutrition. What should my dog be eating? But even then, you could get pet nutrition books and they would be telling you different types of scraps, basically, or human food to right. feed your dog. Salmon, rice, beef, probably. <laughs> and if you were to buy pet food, it would be called puppy cakes or dog cakes or later biscuits. But these were seen as supplemental. If you were poor and didn't have table scraps, you just let your dog out and it found trash to eat. Yeah, speaking of uh, how dogs are maintained back then, uh, a lot more dogs running around, right? Yes. It makes it a little weird that Togo is sort of picked up, though I do think it would have been more the norm to have a collar right? by the time the setting of the novel occurs. Still, I guess you understand a little bit better why Nancy and her friends don't really feel it's their responsibility to figure out who the owner is because the attitude would be like oh it's probably the owner's probably lives nearby and Mm -hmm. it's gonna just find its way back to him sure which also makes it a bit odd that nancy doesn't put a few posters around town or something trying to find his owner (laughs) but since ownership might have been seen a little more loosely to some degree it's clearly a different attitude than we would have today finding a lost pet yeah certainly no microchips at the time it really wasn't until the 1950s when women didn't want to be in the kitchen anymore that table scraps stopped being the primary go-to for feeding dogs and instead commercial pet food took over so that's kind of the history of like how you might in a basic way perceive taking care of your dog at this time period. Not only would it not have been that unusual for Nancy and the gang to see a dog on the loose, but it might not have been unusual for those seeing her with a dog to assume it was hers. What The 1930s video referred to the use of a leash Mm-hmm. as the oh yes the eternal burden of using a lead it wasn't exactly as expected as it is today i do think that it's interesting because the modern source specifies that bull terriers should be kept on a leash because they can be aggressive as joe Mitza learned especially around strangers or children or in like criminals crowds yes they should be kept and around other animals which i don't think we see him interact with other animals except for the swans, I guess. And he he does go after them. Rich ladies in cloaks filled with money, he'll (laughs) go for them. Bess is horrified because they're all being looked at with disdain because their dog is misbehaving, but it's not their dog. A certain attitude about dog etiquette was definitely emerging and you should be keeping your dog well behaved. Mm -hmm. And if that included needing a leash, then that included needing a leash. So attitudes were sort of changing towards that. Also many places there would be muzzle laws during the summer 
your dog would be required as it ran around town to be wearing a muzzle. Another reason that whoever was maintaining him, perhaps it's clear that he is a stray because not only is there no collar, but there's no muzzle. But yes, dogs were largely allowed to what was called go at large, except like spaying or really vets in general were not common at the time. So if your dog was in heat, it wasn't allowed to go out. Nancy pretty early on says herself about Togo, what he really needs is a good strong leash. Like that's what she says so she when knows he's it. chasing swans around the park. However, I feel like as she becomes more attached to the animal, she projects her own likes and dislikes more and more upon Togo. Hannah in this novel describes Nancy as someone who can't be held down. Later, she doesn't want Togo to be held down. Well, a good strong uh, leash is about right, seeing as later in the book, when he is on a leash with Hannah, he, he snaps that baby. Yes, he does. And when they're taking him for the walk that ends in him being beaten horribly by Joe Mitza, she has him on a leash originally, but he keeps tugging on it. Mm. At this time, dog etiquette books were already saying that this was a bad behavior. This was a behavior your dog should not be exhibiting, tugging on a leash. Right. Should have been something she kind of laid down the law about and trained him about. And I didn't kind of realize that when I was reading it originally, but I did kind of think this isn't probably the best idea, Nancy. And apparently Bess agreed with me because she told Nancy, I think he's going to get into mischief if you do that. (laughs) Nancy just ignores her basically because Nancy wanted to let him have more freedom. Nancy did not feel that it was right to keep the pet confined all of the time. And the thing is, yeah, it's right to put him on a leash. He Off the leash, he ended up beaten. The honest truth of the matter is at the time, if a dog bit someone, he might get shot. Right. And he does end up biting Joe Mitza lightly on the finger. It's just not a good idea. It comes up, Togo ends up, after all this trouble stealing Mrs. Owen's purse, being lauded by Nancy as a hero. Mm-hmm. Because stealing Mrs. Owen's purse is what made them meet. Right. And Mrs. Owen might have lost a purse, but in the end... She gained a husband. She gained her husband back because of this occurrence. So when she thanks Nancy, oh, how can I repay you? Nancy says, no, you'll have to repay Togo. Mm -hmm. And in what I think could almost be perceived passive aggressively, Mrs. Owen says, you're right. I think I'll gift him a fine leather harness. And Nancy says, I hope he'll wear it. Togo has very pronounced likes and dislikes. (laughs) And he hates any kind of restriction projecting onto uh, the dog again Nancy you've spent maybe an hour with this dog (laughs) you don't know his likes and dislikes I think you would certainly like to not get shot or beaten yes dog etiquette at the time emphasized the importance of training your dog as we see Nancy talk about throughout this novel yeah Nancy does things like defend Togo and say he's not as bad as he used to be because she's been training him Mm -hmm. nobody else thinks this is true nobody else has noticed a marked change in Togo's behavior. So I thought it was very telling. Do you remember the reaction Hannah had when she first met Togo? Didn't she call him a filthy animal? A dirty little animal. Yeah, that's it. And this couldn't have been far from the truth because 
methods that we have today for preventing insects and just cleaning in general a dog were not available back then. Oh, By yeah. this time, they did have dog shampoos, and those would have been primarily carbolic acid. Okay. But still, fleas and ticks, like one of the reasons dogs would run around most of the year, but especially in the summer is they would just be covered in insects. You just imagine this flea-ridden dog who's been rolling around in the dirt and jumping into lakes, and you can kind of see why Hannah's first reaction is like, I'm in charge of cleaning this house. Well, and indoor dogs weren't as popular at the time, right? They had started to be more popular for middle-class families. It would still not be full-time containment, but you might contain the dog a lot more. Mm. Certainly not like we're seeing in the updated version where you keep him in the basement all the time right so some behaviors that would be considered bad for dogs to have as early as the 1920s in america would be things like i said like pulling on your leash mm -hmm. also chasing cars approaching other dogs or urinating on the neighbor's bushes were seen as very tab taboo and he doesn't do most of these things it was interesting yeah a he, good dog overall he does the digging which was kind of a common stereotype you see that in lady and the tramp this idea that dogs are constantly burying bones mm -hmm. and they say he's digging up the flowers because he thinks a bone is buried there yeah and i just don't think that's realistic and then like i said bull terriers don't dig all that much anyways mm -hmm. it's more like just how a dog might have been perceived at the time uh lady and the tramp didn't get released until the 50s but it was originally sort of begun in the 1930s yeah so you know pet dogs were becoming more pet and less just an animal you had running around. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I'd like to talk about is public perception because poor Togo is honestly in more danger throughout this book than we might realize. Yes, I kept thinking that any danger he was in was silly or blown up. Not but... so. So, uh, first of all, Togo's a male, which would have been pretty typical for reasons that are a little bit messed up. Female dogs were drowned as puppies a lot more. The attitude in general at the time in America was let's keep only the very best dogs many dogs were drowned as puppies far more male dogs kept with a preference over female dogs the owners would have to decide who was given to the bucket and which to the world and togo being male was lucky enough to be given to the world Yes, uh, and being having a well-shaped head. You know, in 1855 Philadelphia, though it was legal for your dog to run free, if it was uh, what they called a bitch in heat, uh, that dog would be taken up and destroyed. Even if it had a muzzle on, Togo, though no bitch, is facing a world that's ready to say, listen, you act out, that's kind of it. Even at the time of this novel, community laws often allowed police officers to shoot a dog if he was just a stray. Or importantly, if he bit someone. Which happens, obviously, in this book. So it's little wonder that Nancy is worried about policemen. She said something about being worried about the police in the park, and I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> well, Togo's a stray, and he could be shot. Yeah. Especially if he's making trouble with the swans and things like that, right? Oh, the swans have it in with the cops. <laughs> 
Nancy begs him, please go home, Togo. If you don't know where home is, just go somewhere. We don't want to see what might happen to you. But now Bess chides Nancy. She's like, you don't sound like you mean that. They also are worried about the conductor on the train when Togo follows them onto the train. Same level of authority. The conductor showed signs of making a great deal of trouble about Togo. And I didn't know what that would entail, like a fine or like, what would that mean? Dogs were more likely to be put down at this time. Practical attitude about humans come before animals. You were reading about parents teaching their kids the ethics of treating an animal correctly, weren't you? In 1838, an author named Lydia H. Sigourney introduced the moral codes of infancy. And the first point was all about how you should treat your parents and things like that. And the second one started to relate to more how you should treat others. And she used specifically examples of how to treat dogs and cats. And this became sort of the ancestor of our ethical ideas today in America of how you should treat an animal. See, I was thinking about that and I was almost wanting to to transition us with that to Jomitsa. Jomitsa beating that dog is just uncalled for. So we've kind of referenced that this happens, but really the incident with Joe is for you and I, I think the pinnacle moment with this dog and the moment that makes us really hate this villain. Yeah, it's hard to, they try to redeem him by the end of the novel, but it's just hard for me to think he is redeemable he's, after this act. He's no Cruella de Vil. It was just so <laughs> heinous and at the time it would have also been seen as heinous he is morally judged by certainly nancy and her friends as well as witnesses i think a lot of what we've been talking about feeds into this joe mitza no mom no mom to teach him the moral code of infancy so he certainly grew up without possibly the level of ethical teaching that would make him the kind of person that would treat a dog right yes but alongside that mm. we do have an aggressive dog but aggressive because he would be protecting nancy and her friends from a man who was a bit of a threat at the time yeah not a nice man <laughs> yes and nancy set up the whole situation poorly because she's just removed her leash from her dog when she decides to go confront Joe Mitza. Mm -hmm. Knowing that it's not like, oh, they came around a bend and there was Joe Mitza. She's like, let's go talk to Joe Mitza. Right. Let's not put my dog back on the leash now that we're going into a camp of strangers because they go into a tourist camp. And in fact, let's go confront this criminal. This person we know is a criminal. Bring my dog to a place with a bunch of new sights and smells. You almost feel like she was counting on the dog being threatening. One wonders. But this also feeds into that fear we were talking about because Togo, in the end, does give Joe a little chomp. What happens is that Togo dives playfully at Joe Mitza. Joe Mitza is so scared, he drops his letter, his important letter. Mm -hmm. Togo thinks, oh, fun, and grabs it. Nancy manages to get it away from Togo. No, no harm done. However, the letter gets dropped again, and Togo rips it up. Thinks, oh, this is really fun. That's when Joe Mitza loses it. He sees red. He says, confound that mutt. And he kicks it. And then he takes a heavy stick and begins beating it. The dog tries to run away, so he holds it by its collar and beats it some more until Nancy says, don't you dare strike my dog and physically pulls Joe Mitza away. Joe Mitza gets back into the fray. All the girls join in and pull Joe Mitza away. In the end, towards the end of all that, Togo, in the chaos of all of it, has... he bites his little finger. 
And they, they call it lightly. They, he lightly bit Mitz's little finger. This is disgusting behavior by Joe. Especially as you hear that Togo is yelping in pain as all this happens. He's stopping the dog from running away. But this is also something that Joe, had he, the relationship with the police that a swan does, been able to report. Joe says as Togo's running away, that dog ought to be shot. He bit me. And that seems just like another Nancy Drew criminal phraseology. But that might have been what could have happened. What was on Nancy's side is the witnesses would have told the police, like, this wasn't the dog's fault. And I don't think Joe wants to talk to the cops. Yes, no. They hide from the cops later, and him and his mom have a bonding moment on how much the police like to just make things up and incriminate people just to, like, make money and... I don't know, make work for themselves. It's a real family moment. Yeah. But you know, I can't say I disagree with them. I would argue that part of what the way they do Togo wrong is by making animal abuse kind of sensational. Mm. And they do this sort of too in in uh, The Mystery of the Ivory Charm when the elephant gets beaten. Yeah. And it's just sort of a Nancy plot device that's kind of glossed over. Like we don't hear about Togo recovering or mm-hmm. them spoiling him afterwards or him being given a hero's like parade and that can be a moment for a uh, for an animal that uh that affects them for the rest of their life yeah getting beaten like that yeah. like now she definitely should have him on a lead around strangers i just think there's a number of ways in which whether you talk about the injustice of togo being reduced to almost not a character or him being confined to a basement on a regular basis or him just having a neglectful owner like nancy has to be i mean i suppose if Hannah bonds with the dog, he's going to get attention. Togo, whether it's being left out completely, neglected, beaten. God, this is bad. Yes. Or in threat of being shot. My friend, uh, they did you wrong. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Thanks for tuning in to another River Heights radio minisode. I'm Carl. And I'm Hope. Until next time, go, go Wildcats. Wildcats.